Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, everyone. This is Mark Ritter, your host of Credit Union Conversations and the CEO of MBFS. Thank you for joining me uh, in in this episode. And we have a lot of nice things that we're going to talk about related to technology and your purchasing, your projects and your systems, and, and really moving your organization forward over the next several years. And why I wanted our guest on today is this year has been an okay year. Uh, And I'll just say that it's an okay year. Uh, I'm not letting any secrets out to say volumes are down uh, compared to our peaks of 2022. Uh, The interest rate market has really kind of hampered some things. And the the last couple of years, the, the volumes have been almost unsustainable. Um, but it's nice to, to have a breather and, and back to normal, and, and our staff is appreciating that. And here in MBFS, what we, we have really decided is we're, we're going to focus on our technology and systems and making sure that we are set up to scale, we're set up to expand, we're set up for auto, much automation as we can do. So that way, when the uh, when, when things really start to ramp back up, which I'm sure they will uh, soon enough, we're, we're in a good place. And, uh, you know, the last few years with the pace of loans that we've had, it was tough to, to get everybody focused on systems and all of those types of things. So joining me today is Will Cameron of Encino. Will, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. It's really good to be on your show and uh, excited about the conversation today. So yeah, I'll, I'll kind of give people our background with Encino in a little bit, but, but I'm a big fan of the company and, and make no apologies for that. But Will, kind of give people your origin story and background and what you're up to today at Encino. Yeah, absolutely. I actually uh, started my career in the investment banking and private equity space. I worked for uh, Edgy Partners in, in Charlotte and then moved up to New York and uh, worked for a middle market private equity group called Long Point Capital. And then uh, took the, the next logical step in that career trajectory and uh, went and spent some time in the Marine Corps. Um, <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, you joined the Marine Corps to, to go see the world and uh, ended up getting stationed 45 minutes north of Wilmington, North Carolina, which is my home. So it kind of brought me back from New York down to down to home, and uh, I really, really enjoyed my time in the Marine Corps, and uh, that prepared me to go in the software business. So, um, you know, it's interesting when I was transitioning out of the Marine Corps and looking at potentially going back into private equity, back to New York, uh, I had some good family friends that introduced me to Josh Glover, who's the the president of Encino. And I kept hearing about this, you know, fintech startup in Wilmington. And I'm like, in my hometown? I'm like, no way, <laughs> you know. I had to I had to leave and live in cities like Charlotte and, and New York uh, to go do the jobs that I wanted to do. And to hear about this this fintech startup in my hometown was pretty special. So 
uh, took the meeting with Josh uh, and met with Pierre and some other folks at Encino and just fell in love with the culture and decided that that was the right place to, uh, to transition into um, after I completed my time in the Marine Corps. Well, that, that's great. You know, I, I find some, we're a big fan here at MBFS of hiring military spouses and have had great success with it. But I just think hiring veterans is so overlooked because of the discipline skills, the leadership skills, and what you can really bring to the table for companies, for life experience, even though it's not apples to apples. You know, you, you weren't in finance in the military and software in the military and moving over, but all of those skills are so transferable. It, it really is. And, you know, culture is so important to every organization. And, um, you know, I, as I looked at, you know, what is it about the military folks that we have here that makes them uh, unique or, or makes them, you know, succeed in their roles, uh, which are really across the organization, whether it's in sales, uh, customer support. Um, I mean, even within our internal accounting departments, I mean, they're, they're military all over. And the thing I keep coming back to is the ability to problem solve. It's, it's not that they know necessarily know everything there is to know. It's they, they just get into something and they do whatever it takes to figure it out and problem solve and, uh, and work through complex issues under pressure. Um, and, uh, and so that's worked out really well and, and been something special for our organization. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, and now, so you're a Wilmington native or from that area? I am. Yes. There's, uh, it, there's few of us, but, uh, I, I am one of them. Wilmington is one of my favorite cities. I just love the river. I love the downtown. I love that you got the beaches there. Uh, it's such a beautiful mix and, and an overlooked city often where, where people should consider visiting and uh, spending their vacation time. So, yeah, that, that, oh, I'm yeah, jealous uh, of, of you. So it's a special place and you know one of the most important things that I work on in my current role um, and I, I lead our community and regional business for the company and uh, it, it, but one of the most important things I do is recruiting and as I as I talk to people and say yeah you know would love for you to move to Wilmington North Carolina it's kind of like this you know where's Wilmington and um, and then you know they get here and once they get here you know everybody just falls in love with it for all the reasons you just mentioned and so it's really easy to keep people here once they're once they're here Ab absolutely my first trip to wilmington was after i i started at the qso here in 2012 it was late 2012 and we were a company of three people and very quickly uh we we the, the entire company was built on emails and spreadsheets and uh, transmitting files back forth on an FTP server mm -hmm. uh, that usually filled up and blew up. Um, you've seen this story before. Oh yes. So so after we uh, uh, after we kind of got some things stable here uh, at the end of 2013, beginning of 2014 uh, is when I made my trip to Wilmington. Uh, because we started to, to figure we needed a system at the time. And there was this little company called Encino. And 
all I saw was these big clunky legacy systems where I would have had a builder buy a server and keep things going. And, and I thought, you know, I just want a scalable system that will grow with me. And, and, and I think this company here in Sino is, uh, is on, on the things. So we, we signed up with them, which, you know, looking back in 2023, I'm legacy old school Encino, uh, being that we've been on the system since about, you know, 2013, 2014. Yeah, that's, that's right. You guys uh, took a, a bet on us in our early days. And, um, you know, I, I think we had a, at the time, a great like core product uh, and we were solving some real business challenges for financial institutions and uh, we had the the people with the right kind of purpose and vision these were folks that had worked at financial institutions before they understood you know why is it why is this organization asking me for the same information that 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 I've pr provided you know, to them for other things. And, and why does it take six, entering this data six different times across, you know, different platforms or, or even manually, or, you know, why am I sending all this stuff via emails and having to search my inbox for stuff? So it, it really, it was started by people that lived that life for a while and understood, uh, you know, how much better things could be with, with an efficient platform. And you guys, uh, you know, saw that vision and have been a fantastic partner uh, with us. And in fact, the year that you guys signed up uh, to be an Encino customer was the first year I was at uh, Encino. So it's been over seven years. And, you know, I think I was, uh, there, we had about 150 employees at the time and now uh, have over 1600. So just, you know, a lot of growth, a lot of, uh, you know, expansion in the lines of business and the, and the problems that we saw for financial institutions. Uh, we've had a lot of international growth as well. It's just been a fun ride and it's, it's been great to partner with organizations like you guys who have kind of seen that same uh, growth that, that I've seen. Yeah, it, it's really been a, been a good part. And, and also, I'm proud uh, that, that, that I, I made the right bet and uh, it, that the evolution of Encino as a company has really been, been good to see. Uh, you know, I, I still carry around my Encino backpack. That's my backpack of choice when yes. I travel around. So I'll get, always get comments on that. So I'm looking at mine that's sitting down by my feet right now. I use it every day. So let, let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about how, you know, community banks, credit unions, companies like mine get into and, and invest in technology. And I, and I go back to a software company that I worked for in, in the mid-90s, which is kind of how I cut my teeth in commercial lending. But, but we worked with, you know, community banks. And we, we had this new system to transmit some data. And I remember vividly the conversation like it was yesterday, where we, we wanted the people who worked on our software to have internet access. Mm -hmm. And I might as well have been asking this bank to send them on a mission to the moon. <laughs> and... They, they looked at me and said, 
if she gets internet access, then everybody's going to want internet access. And I don't know if we're ever going to want to go down that path. And I, I said, heard that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so tell me, you know, over your time in evolution, you know, how, how have financial services companies looked at investing into technology uh, and, and what do you see a, as a path on, on how what what what's a good strategy in today's world? Yeah, you know, I think in a little while back, I felt like technology investments were just kind of a line item on the budget. It sat with IT, and you know, it was just kind of a cost comparison year to year um, as you looked at how you were going to support. The your business processes that you've been doing the same way for 40 years. You know, I, I used to have meeting after meeting where people say, well, well no, well, we do it this way. I said, well, why do you do it this way? And the only thing people could come back with was, well, that's just the way we've always done it. And, and so, the, you know, some of the early technology investments for financial institutions were to support business processes that they had just always done that way. And you really have to reshape people's thought process uh, when, when talking to them about technology investments because your processes were that way because you did not have access to the level of technology that we do today. And so you don't want to just automate your inefficiencies. You want to rethink why you do the things you do and and leverage the best practices of organizations that have helped other uh, financial institutions achieve their goals of efficiency and growth through technology. And so, you know, I think about... I, I might have been better off getting a psychology degree instead of a business degree because a lot of what we do uh, is transformational in nature and it, it's, it's a people thing. It's you know changing how people think about their day-to-day and that's not always easy. I mean, um, I know you, you talk about uh, change management all the time in your day-to-day and working with the various credit unions that, that you do, Mark. And um, it's just, uh, it, it's interesting once it clicks for people, uh, they, it's almost like they see a new world of like, I didn't realize this was possible. And it's just because they were so used to doing things one way. I, I always like to say, if you go ahead and automate a lousy process, what you have is a lousy automated process. Absolutely. <laughs> Instead of looking at what what's out there today, who's doing it better, faster, stronger, and what partners do we have? Uh, and 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 I see you. You mentioned IT. You know, it was it was mainly hey the IT department go pick us a system. Um, when when I looked at Encino, I found some really hardcore legacy systems out there that were cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and Encino isn't the cheapest, but I've made the most money off of Encino in my investment. And so often people just say, well, you know, I can buy a piece of software, install it, I get uh, an update once or twice a year, and move on from there. But it's what you can do with that investment and how much you can scale is where I see people just 
overlooking and making that mistake? Where, what else do you see as far as, you know, maybe some of those common errors that people have other than just kind of looking at cost or just getting into processes? You know, what do, what, what do you see out there in the marketplace? Yeah, there, there's two big ones. And if I could just uh, hit on the, the kind of same topic you, uh, you, you mentioned around business value, return on investment. When I first got to Encino, you know, I kind of came in with that private equity kind of mentality on some of these things. And I overheard some of the folks having conversations with financial institutions that were interested in Encino. And, and it was just this conversation around cost. And I'm like, why would anybody buy something just based on what the cost is? It, it's it's all about the value that they, you know, anticipate achieving, you know, with that that platform or with that investment. And so, uh, really, kind of built out a business value team that partners with our uh, customer base um, to be able to understand what are their goals, what do they want to achieve, why do they want to achieve them, and then uh, how can our platform, you know, do that for them. But for we still have organizations that for whatever reason just think about technology investment as a as a cost and and don't really um, consider and compare the the real value that they expect out of the systems and that, I think the reason is it, it takes time it takes focus it takes pulling in key stakeholders to really understand where you're going to get the value from um, and and then not only that but you know, building out baseline metrics that then you can report against on a go forward basis so that you can, you know, validate you're getting the ROI and the value that you anticipated. And that, and so you can report on that to other key stakeholders in the organization or the board or, or things like that. Uh, the second thing I would mention is that sometimes we get the right key stakeholders from the business side of financial institutions in, when they're evaluating systems like Encino. But then once the decision is made to move forward, they they then task out, you know, let's say the IT department. Okay, now that we've made this selection, you guys go implement it. Uh, and, and then, you know, we'll, we'll be ready to go. And you can't do that with a system that is transformational in nature. You have to be willing to pull in the same key stakeholders that were a part of the decision-making process to uh, give input during the implementation uh, because that's when you're really building consensus with how this is going to work, um, why it's going to work that way, leverage those key stakeholders to build up, you know, anticipation for these, you know, new benefits to other, uh, you know, users of the system and, and kind of really uh, play out the, the change management plan. Um, and so it, if you're not willing to devote the right level of attention and, and include the right key stakeholders, it's really hard to just give it to a subset of, of the, the organization to try to make decisions for everybody else. Yeah, I I remember vividly, uh, and, and and I'll give a plug here. Uh, Encino ha- has a conference every year called Insight, um, which I consider the the best user or client conference for that a company puts on that I've ever been to, uh, and I've been to a lot of them. And the first year I went to that, Pete, the CEO of Encino, Pierre, said something, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Where Encino isn't a software product, uh, 
that you do a project, you flip it, and like I said, once a year, there's an update and you move on. It's really the basis for continually advancing your strategy at the institution, as opposed mm. to we have a piece of software, the IT department finished it, and we're done. That's not this system. And, and, and I've done a lot of reference calls with Encino, and that's what I, the first thing I tell people. I said, listen, this is something that you'll continually work on and get better and will evolve with your company as opposed to just, it's not an install that the IT department's going to do. Uh, well, tell, talk a little bit about, you know, when, when you talk to people about, uh, I'll call it the life journey of Encino and constantly improving versus just buying a software system. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, when, when we talk about change manage, management, it's not a one-time change during the initial implementation. It's a, it's a culture of change that has to take place. It's, it's, you're, no, you're, you're actually building a culture where your employees expect change and look for change. And if you think about it, that makes sense. Don't you want in this, in this uh, industry, in, the, in this um, kind of, in the times that we're in with the rate of technological advancements, with the rate of change increasing, you know, every single day, you need an organization that is looking for that and, and, and looking forward to that because with change should come uh, continued improvement and efficiency uh, in the ability to grow without adding headcount uh, with increased automation and then uh, you know, building in intelligence as a part of that so that you're making really, really good decisions for your financial institution. And so uh, some of our most successful customers, and you guys are right up there with them, but you know, I know we're, we're working on uh, the portal and we're working on talking about some additional small business, um, you know, uh, solutioning that we can do for you. Yep. And um, you, you guys are embracing this culture of continuous change, um, which I think is, is so important to stay at the forefront of the industry as consumer expectations are changing, um, you know, very quickly. So um, it's such a, you, this is such an important uh, topic for folks to understand is, uh, you know, please don't look for technology that you just buy and you implement and you just stick it on the shelf. This is, a, this is about continued uh, change and, and looking forward to it. Absolutely. Now, now you're in the community and regional banking space. Uh, I'm in the credit union space. And many times, I know some of your, your larger clients, and you deal, and Sino deals with some of the biggest of the big uh, banks in the country and the world. You know, they'll have teams of people uh, and departments that handle Encino. Um, yes. But what, what, what are some of the challenges like maybe in the community bank, in the credit union setting versus some of those when, when you get into, into that? Um, what are some of the challenges and things can, people can do to, to go through that where you don't have as many people in the organization? Yeah, it's a great question. And 
you know, the, the way we define community and regional banking includes all of our credit unions. It includes our community and regional banks. It includes uh, non-bank lenders and farm credit districts. So I, that all of that kind of falls under me. It's about 85% of our customer base and kind of the backbone of, of what Encino does. You know, I, I tell people daily that I think I've got the best job at Encino because the, the folks that work in the community and regional financial institution space are just top notch. They care a lot about their communities. They they see what they're doing is adding a ton of value to the to the folks that live in the, in their communities. And I just really like that. And it aligns with with my goals and my purposes and um, coming from a, a community like Wilmington. So um, I just am really fortunate to be in that space. But, you know, when we think about these smaller financial institutions and, and their ability to um, you know, adopt a solution like in Encino and, and, and administer it on a go forward basis, it is important to have the right level of focus on that going forward because you don't want to have this great tool that, you know, either processes all your loans or, or opens all your accounts, you know, and these are very fundamental uh, processes of, of your business model. You don't want to just kind of park it and not have someone that, that, knows how to drive it and, and can continue to make tweaks um, because we'll do the upfront implementation. But then the, the beauty of a system like Encino is your ability to make continuous tweaks to just, you know, ratchet up here and there and modify and, you know, change some things slightly to increase the efficiencies you're getting and um, and always build on the the foundation of, of what that original implementation did so to you know kind of getting to the root of your question how do you do that the right way if you don't have the staff of a large enterprise bank and what we've seen work really well is when it's a healthy partnership between internal resources at that financial institution so you guys have you know your administer um, administrator so like they're going to uh, know the system but not necessarily from a from a technology or from an IT I would say side it, it really we see it work really well when there's someone that understands why the business operates the way it does why does the loan flow the way or why does why did the various uh, people that are participating in loan origination or account opening why are they doing the things that they're doing and if we get someone like that that knows that they can help you know, continue to make tweaks to that uh, that process without knowing how to write one line of code or anything like that. It's just a good business process um, contact for Encino to be able to work with. And then we supplement that resource or those resources if it's uh, if it's you know a few people that that play that role uh, with uh, an Encino customer success team. Uh, so we have our, our support team that handles, you know, the the day-to-day -day tickets for you know, any kind of configuration changes or updates or things like that. And then we have a customer success manager that looks more strategically at the account and partners with the um, the regional vice president who, who owns that account to say, where does this organization want to go? Where does... MBFS, you know, what is their strategic goals? How can we continue to partner with them? And they kind of think more middle and long term about how to build adoption, how to 
add additional you know line of lines of business to create a sim- similar process for other parts of the organization how do we um, you know expand out into how the members actually interact with Encino through things like the the member portal and uh, online applications and things like that so you have a lot of people from both sides of the organization that are that have different strategic roles and are partnering together to make sure that collectively uh, we can continue moving the organization to where they want to go. I, I ha- and I have to tell you, uh, my I'll tell you my story and for our listeners, my biggest Encino mistake in that as we were growing the the comp- the, the product and wanted to make some changes. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, Encino is built on the Salesforce platform as its base. So we said, okay, well, well let's find different Salesforce experts out there. And, and right. there are many uh, Salesforce experts out there, people who know the system, and they know Salesforce. And what we found is that there's a lot of people out there who will help you at a pretty inexpensive price. And okay, well, let's give this a try on uh, and get a contractor in here to, uh, to, to dig into the system and help us out. And it probably took me four times longer than any other Encino project that we've ever had. And even though it was a cheaper hourly rate, it was way more expensive just because it's not about just being a programmer. Mm-hmm. It's about being an understanding us and our business mm-hmm. concepts and where we're doing. And ever since then, we, we've found tremendous success in using uh, Encino support, um, which it costs more on an hourly basis and is a much better investment because we get stuff done better, faster, cheaper overall than we could anywhere else. So even though we're a relatively small organization, uh, we, you know, Encino has the resources for us to help us through this process. And it's really been a win-win for everybody so that, you know, uh, uh, my team, my uh, clients, my users all have access to Encino and we're able to administer it at a really good value to people. So, yeah, you guys, you know, took advantage of our admin plus uh, offering, which is where we really kind of provide an Encino expert that's an Encino employee, has been here for a long time and understands. How, why our system works the way it works, and they also understand why financial institutions do what they do. And so they can kind of uh, partner with your internal admin uh, to be able to continue to make progress on you know, some of the things that maybe your internal admin doesn't necessarily have the skill set for, or, d- or they just don't have all the time to do all the things that you want to be able to take advantage of on, on the system. So, and so it's been a great offering uh, uh, for a customer base, and it allows our community and regional customers to be able to uh, absorb the, the the amount of um, functionality that we've got to offer, uh, and stay very very competitive with the large enterprise banks uh, because they're using the same exact tools. I mean, Encino's in over half of the top twenty five 
financial institutions in the country. And so I just, as a, as a person that's focused on the community and regional market, I think it's such a cool story when I've got community financial institutions that are literally using the same exact tools and providing the same services to their members and their customers. So I started out with Encino's core product of commercial lending origination Mm -hmm. and have grown with that. But the listeners on this show are credit union people who have all sorts of different business units and products and services kind of give people a little bit of of the feel for everything you know things that are encinos involved with now and maybe what the outlook is for the next year or two what you what you have going on yeah, absolutely. So uh, we got a, the the exciting part is we've got a lot going on, and we realized early on that although we really started focusing on commercial loan origination as a solution, our product was not just a commercial loan origination product. We had the foundation and like the core pillars of much more than just a point solution. Uh, we had the you know automation workflow, uh, engagement with members, uh, engagement uh, through document exchange. We have you know uh, reporting and dashboarding. So all these key pillars are not specific to just commercial loan origination. These can be used for other lines of business as well. And so once we kind of you know, really perfected things around the commercial side, we saw a lot of expansion opportunity into, uh, into the consumer lending space, into uh, account opening, uh, just customer onboarding in general, uh, so that the way we're thinking about this is if we can pr- provide one platform for our customers to engage with their members, then that's going to solve the ultimate goal of what the member experience is supposed to be about is you know what that member wants they want to engage with the financial institution and they want it to look and feel similar regardless of if they're coming to you for their small business needs and then they want to turn around and get a mortgage you know they they don't want to feel like they're getting kicked over to another side of the organization that doesn't know them where they have to send all probably the same documents that they sent the same tax returns um, you know enter the same information they want an experience that that looks and feels similar where their financial institution knows them can recommend products based on their lifestyle and and so our goal was to be that single platform it's a single platform for the employees of the financial institution and the members and customers of these financial institutions to engage in. Um, and so, you know, we've, uh, five years ago, we really rolled out our first kind of uh, re, uh, consumer lending customers. And I'll be honest with you, Mark, we, we had some skin knees, uh, you know, initially because we realized we've, there are components that are different from the commercial side, right? There, there are regulations, there are uh, differences in how 
people want to engage uh, when either applying for a consumer loan or, or opening up a deposit account. And so um, we we really invested heavily into that side of, of the business. And we're, we're just at a really fun spot now where we can be that single platform. So so over the past you know 10 years, the primary focus has been around building out this automation across these various lines of business. We also do treasury products and services and things like that. So now where are we going? Okay, so the the exciting part is you've got all that automation around workflow. We've built in things like auto spreads, which automate spreading and more, you know, some of the manual tasks um, that financial institutions have to go through when when uh, originating loans and, and, and opening accounts. And now it's about building the intelligence into that. So uh, we have what's called our Encino IQ or NIC uh, kind of uh, product line uh, where it's really focused around building intelligence into solving, uh, you know, uh, member and customer problems or, or, or you know, uh, desired goals. And so one of them, for example, is our commercial pricing and profitability solution. And that is uh, taking profitability hurdles, building it up front into the origination process to give lenders the the, the freedom to kind of be out working with their members um, and, and customers out in the field, but yet having the tools to do a quick price calculation to kind of gauge, you know, the, a, a particular uh, loan opportunity and see how they can meet uh, internal profitability hurdles at the same time. You know, as rates are changing, uh, you know, a lot over the past year, um, having these types of tools uh, up front in the process, in the loan origination process, to give lenders speed to enter engage with with their you know customer base, their member base, then that is power because they can get responses quickly uh, to the to the you know folks that they're they're working with, while also making really good. Um, deals for the financial institution. Uh, and so that's been a, just one example of how we're building intelligence into the process uh, to, again, uh, give value, efficiency, uh, and tools to, to empower our customer base. Well, well thank you. Uh, that, that's great. I, I'm really uh, excited on, on the whole universe of, of services and, and, and changing an institution that Encino can do. Uh, I'm excited to get back down to Wilmington uh, as this recording drops and, and to get to in, Insight this year and, and really for the relationship that, uh, that we've had together as our two organizations over the years. And we'll, uh, I'll put in the show notes on how we can, if anybody wants to connect with Encino, uh, they can reach out to me directly and I'll be happy to connect them, uh, but also have some contact information in the show notes. Well, Will, let's wrap it up and, and thank you for joining us. Any, any parting words for, for my credit union listeners? Oh, I just sincerely appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you, Mark. Uh, appreciate uh, just what a loyal customer you've been of ours and just a true partner. Um, and, you know, a lot of the things we're doing are because people like you have, have worked with us uh, along the way to, to get here. And so I'm just really excited about where we're going uh, in the credit union space. Would love to, to engage uh, with your listeners out there, uh, you know, answer any questions and learn, you know, 
what your uh, listener base is is looking for. You know, the only reason you know I've got a job in this space is because we're solving real problems. And if we ever get to the point where we're not focused on what do the consumers and what do your your members really want, then then we're not going to be successful. And so um, I try to stay very very close uh, to the to the industry and to the market, and uh, just welcome any additional conversation with your listener base. Great. Thank you for listening to Credit Union Conversations. As a reminder, we drop these episodes every two weeks on a Tuesday, and you can listen and subscribe on all your favorite audio and podcast networks. So please go ahead and so hit that subscribe button and it'll come right up. And thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.